The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. Welcome back to Cardboard Cave. This is episode I don't know what, but it's coming to you now, sort of live from the basement, from the cave. And uh, I'm just not going to waste any time. I'm excited about this episode because I have an actual special guest, not someone I've made up. Um, So the last couple episodes, you know, I've done on my own just here in the basement. And uh, I think that garnered some pity from some people. Uh, and that includes one Mr. Gabby, I'm sorry, Gabby, already screwed up, Moraga. Is it Moraga? Moraga. Thank yes. you, Travis. <laughs> that, you're, you're very welcome, Jim. You're very welcome. <laughs> so Gabby, who's going to have the chance to pimp whatever he wants to, um, just without hesitation, he does with his friend Jerry, my current favorite board game podcast, uh, The Board Game Snobs, which he can tell you about here in a minute, but I just love it. Um, Arian, and this might be a, this might sound like a, a, a slam against them, but I don't mean it that way. If you can imagine retro bliss, which I think most cardboard cave listeners probably came from retro bliss, the game video game show I do with Johnny. It's like the board game snobs is like retro bliss. If we edited anything and tried to like have a good flow to things, that's, that's kind of what board game snobs is. <laughs> um, I, I just love, it's just like two friends hanging out. They're funny. And because God, we actually friends, we just podcast together. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's like TV friends, you know, they're not real, but. Well, this has been my favorite podcast, uh, cardboard cave, uh, since this episode. Well, that's also awesome. <laughs> If this was anybody's favorite podcast at this point, I would just seriously question it because I've, <laughs> I've changed formats every other episode, but I'm going to keep doing it until uh, I find what I like. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Gobby. We don't have any sort of formatter. I mean, no. I edit, but we, yeah, we just uh, no formatting. Yeah, that's. I tried, but it, it went to the wayside rather quickly. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, and I know that. I mean, I've done retro bliss with my friend for I don't know if it's five or six years now, and we started out doing it every single week, and we we definitely don't do it every week now. But the reason it works is because we just enjoy doing what we do, and we do have something to talk about, but we don't try to have like a formula or a format that's like forced, but when you're doing it by yourself, you like, you feel this need to, to be a good host or to entertain. And so that's kind of been my problem so far, but not being entertaining, not being entertaining, not feeling like I, I got to fill dead space. Yeah. I don't know. Just, it's no, very no, weird. It makes me appreciate fine. my co-host. It is all out. Dead yeah. space is fine. Love that little cut button. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Speaking of cut button, uh, tell us about what you do, Gobby. <laughs> uh, uh, what I do on a day-to-day basis, uh, as little as possible. Are you what, do you, work? what do you, you do know, that people, gets you all the fans? People, uh, 
uh, only fans drink and drink and drink some more. <laughs> but I, uh, I was on a 30 day fast of alcohol. So I, I managed to do that. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm glad to say the withdrawals never came. That's good. Uh, but now I'm back in business. So we're good to go. <laughs> uh, we, uh, as far as board game snobs are concerned, Check us out at boardgamesnobs.com. Actually, that's a defunct website. Don't check it out. <laughs> Just listen Podbean. to them. Wherever you listen to this, you can listen to them, I'm sure. Wherever this comes out, you're going to get the Board Game Snobs bump on this episode on your Spotify's, your Acast, your Blurberries, your iHeartRadios, your Audibles. What other? I don't get anything from any of those. We get no, as you said earlier, metrics. I don't think anybody listens to iHeartRadio or Pandora. If they do, they're not listening to us, that's for sure. I, I didn't realize Pandora even had podcasts, so that shows how, how... Oh, I put them on there. I put us everywhere. Nice. You can't get away from us. We are on every possible uh, outlet there is. Spotify, uh, Podbean's our host server, or whatever they call that. What do you use? Do you use Podbean? So... I've, I've told you I'm very technologically impaired and I've been able to stay that way because when we started retro bliss years ago, we were a couple idiots talking into a microphone and our good friend, Chris, who lives in New York, we don't even see him in person. He puts them out for us. He hosts them. It's the BICBP network back issues, comic book podcast. And I've never been able to say it right, but it's BICBP. Um, there's all kinds of podcasts on there and I'm a terrible partner because i uh kind of don't uh well i shouldn't say that on here uh <laughs> i don't plug them like i should let's put it that way oh yeah we're part of the gateway network as well and you know what they never talk about uh well the gamecasters dig i don't know if anybody else ever does so uh we had on sheer boredom we had on uh the meeple mentor had us on they're about the only ones that's had us on so i'm not worried about gateway network anymore ryan <laughs> yeah listen to this anyway yeah, like I'm, I'm constantly living in mild anxiety over Chris just deciding he's done. And then I'm either got to figure it out or our podcast are over. So <laughs> it's one or the other. That anchor? Have you heard of anchor? I tried. When I started Cardboard Cave, I think the first two episodes were on anchor. And they have polished it up a lot in the last yeah. few months. I think now it's pretty simple. You just put it on there and it, well, I, I don't use it myself, but I was thinking about it for a possible future podcast. I was like, cause from what I can tell you, just put your podcast on there and it will publish to like Apple and all that stuff for you. Like it, it seems yeah. maintenance. I don't know how well it works, but I do know quite a few podcasts use it. I think the reason I gave up was because at that time, it would never publish my podcast to Apple Podcast. And I thought everybody used Apple Podcast, yeah. or at least a lot of people. And I think a lot of people still do. And it never worked. And I contacted Apple and them, and they basically, they both blamed the other. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I just give up then. But I'll be willing to try it again. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't actually used it, but when I, I went through the process as if I was going to use it, and it seemed like it was going to publish. Of course, it takes like a few weeks to months to get your Apple stuff going. I don't know why they're so, I guess because they're oh, the yeah. number one podcast aggregator out there. So they have a lot going on, I guess. But anyway, Spotify. <laughs> I'm a Spotify guy. Yeah, I should probably start using, I just used, I'm a man of habit to a very intense fault. I started using Apple Podcasts to begin with, and that's what I use. There's nothing great about it. But nah. I have noticed, and this might be uh, just us because nobody cares, but Retroblist has something like 40 reviews, and that's taken years to get. But in the last year and a half, we've got zero new reviews. Like, 
I don't know if people just don't review on there anymore. Have you noticed that or? Uh, it's, I have no idea. I think you yeah. just have to remind people constantly. Yeah, that's probably it. We're bad at all that, but we don't do that either. I um, try, but but board game snobs isn't your only podcast. I also enjoy the disagreeable nerd, um, yeah, and I think there's probably some people that would enjoy that. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's the although we talk about everything on board game snobs too, but disagreeable nerd is strictly TV, film, all that type of stuff. Yeah, games on there. And the best thing about Disagreeable Nerd is there's no spoilers for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, I forget about that little uh, six-letter, seven-letter word, spoiler. Yeah. So one, one, time, uh, one of the times that I listen to podcasts is when I'm getting in the shower. And like I'll have an episode of Disagreeable Nerd, a board game snobs playing. And board, or my Apple podcast will just start playing something seemingly randomly after it's done. And so then it'll start a Disagreeable Nerd episode and like, Oh, great. They're talking about this movie that came out two weeks ago. And then you start immediately into spoilers. And I'm just like screaming, yelling, trying not to hear it. Cause I'm in the shower. I can't turn it off. <laughs> dead. Sorry. Yep. But yeah, anyways, yeah. Disagreeable nerd is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, that's pretty much all you do as far as uh, the, the media side of things. Yeah, I mean, we we have Instagram and board game snobs, Twitter board game snobs. I I, I try to put stuff on there, but <laughs> I gave up. We've had the same we've had the same follower account on Instagram for like five years now, oh so I don't, it's a, it seems very difficult. You have to be like that, like has to be your life, just posting stuff. Yes. And we get together once a month to play games, so it's like I try to store up a bunch of pictures and release them, even though I'm like, hey, this picture was taken two months ago. They'll never know. Yeah. But, you so, know, just something for content. You know, I was really jealous of how often y'all put out episodes. Because, like, man, how do they get together every week, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm a little less jealous knowing you kind of cram it all into one day. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I actually got that, I think, a uh, long time ago when we used to listen to a little show called The Dice Tower. I remember Ooh. him saying they would, <laughs> they would <laughs> record a couple at a time. And then yeah. I talked, when I started Disagreeable Nerd... I talked to this other nerd uh, type podcast guy and he's like, Oh yeah, we record like several and we bank them because we do try to put them out. But if you don't, you'll have something, you know, in the bank that you can post. So yeah, we get yeah, together yeah. about once a month. If something crazy, if I call in sick for a day of work, we'll get together and yeah. uh, <laughs> record another one. But yeah, we usually try to get like three or four recorded in one day, which is pretty difficult. Yeah. But That's, <laughs> when we used to do retro bliss every week we drove one of us drove to the other's house we were playing old video games so i'm usually lugging along like a super nintendo and games and controllers every week and we never thought to just record multiple at a time <laughs> we're doing this every freaking week <laughs> and it's no wonder we eventually stopped that but, yeah mm. but uh yeah uh, we were we we're serious about it. like oh we got to put out an episode this week what are we going to do like we're deciding well, and- last second <laughs> It is very nice to stay current on, you know, topics because like something will come up in the board gaming world and we'll be like, oh, yeah, let's discuss it. And when we put it out, it's like everybody's forgot about it. They've done moved on to the next crisis or whatever's going on. Uh, Or we get emails and it's like, oh, yeah, they sent us this email two months ago. Let's read it. And so it's 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 not the best way to go, but, you know, it works. Yeah, I I don't get. Uh, obviously sent any games for this podcast, but occasionally I'll buy a game that is kind of the new hotness 
And I'm like, okay, I could actually talk about something on the podcast that everybody's talking about. And then by the time I record, it's like nobody even cares anymore. Yeah, they've done moved on. They've moved on yet yeah, to the next one. Um, so I, w- I was going to ask you, like, and I think I already know the answer, but what is the secret to just making sure you don't start going like two months, three months without seeing each other and playing games? Like, there's something you or Jerry does to just make sure it happens at least, you know, once a month. Uh, I, I specifically take a day off of work. Like yeah. I have a, I, I take off the first Friday of every month. Oh, wow. Uh, for other things as well. If you know, like I needed a doctor's appointment yeah. and uh, I kind of do stuff for my dad now that he's a widower and I run him around and we'll go to doctor's appointments. But generally we're able to, it's just an open day. So we're able yeah. to get together and record an episode play games. So that's our set day. And actually, like today, Jerry will be over here momentarily after this uh, podcast, probably, because he just texted. He's like, his kids are going somewhere. Jerry's kids are the problem. If we can just get rid of his kids. Yeah, you got to get rid of those. How much more? Those kids. But anyway, he's dropping his kids off at a, uh, actually Enrique's sister's house. They're going to spend the night with uh, Enrique's sister. And he's like, I'm getting rid of the kids. I'm going to come over. So hopefully we'll get an, an extra day in there. And uh, like, I've got two podcasts in the bank so we're good for a couple weeks till the next time we get together but we need like one more episode to bite us the time till we get together again so we'll probably record an episode today i think we're going to try and discuss crescent city cargo we just jerry got that in some time ago with the kickstarter oh i'm actually interested in that one it's it's a very pleasant game we were we're uh it's not the prettiest game to the eyes it's very brown but uh yeah it's a very nice game that's uh, uh, Dinger, right? Jason Dinger, is that? Yeah, Jason Dinger. Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, inside baseball, we have uh, – my wife calls them sprigots. I don't think that's really what they're called. They're like camel crickets, little nasty brown crickets. Like they drink water, got humps. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, they're disgusting. <laughs> they get – where do you live at? You in Kentucky? North Carolina. Ah, okay. I don't it's basically, know it's basically Kentucky. <laughs> it's Eastern Kentucky. You really yeah. made me think Kentucky for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. We've we've been to Kentucky quite a bit, and uh, to us, certain parts of Kentucky feels more southern than North Carolina. Oh yeah. Even though it's northern technically to us, Deep but down in the hollers, you don't want to go there. Yeah, the hollers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these sprigots, they just started appearing in the basement and I think it's cause it got too humid down here. Uh, anyways, they're nasty. They're disgusting. One jumped on my leg. Um, uh, <laughs> that's why I was freaking each out. Year, each year there seems to be some new infestation. Like, you know, when, when summer starts coming on one year is like locusts, the next year <laughs> it's grasshoppers, the next year it's crickets. Often yeah. sometimes it's the, uh, we call them June bugs. Like yeah. Yeah. Flies, what do you want to call it? There's like a new gross insect that yeah. comes in hordes every once. Like what insects going to come in hordes this year? My favorite infestation is ladybugs, but they're still terrible. Oh, the way they clump up just creeps oh, me yeah, out. Definitely. I can't handle the clumps. Clumps no. of insects is just, ugh, that's no, what that's horror movies are made of. Yes, horror, indeed. Not horror. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah if you got uh jerry coming over i don't want to hold you too long no but, no he ain't gonna be over till later don't worry okay, about jerry. cool i do want to uh not ignore the board game snobs fans questions <laughs> because since i don't really i don't know how to do facebook obviously 
we have the same followers we've had since I don't know when on, on both on retro bliss, especially, um, and cardboard cave. Like I've just never really tried because I can tell that <laughs> I don't know how to get followers. Um, but what I do know how to is work and I'm not putting the work in. Uh, let's you see. Don't care to, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I don't care to Oh, <laughs> that. That was, that's what I was saying. The, the secret to y'all getting together, I think every month is, is having a plan and sticking to it. Yeah. That's, kind of pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my problem. Jerry Jones to play games, which I enjoy playing games a lot, obviously, but I also enjoy the podcasting. So it's like, he likes the board gaming. I like the podcasting. So we usually end up making it work somehow. I could see that. There really is a, there really is a lot of parallels to me and Johnny. Um, He, uh, he's in some ways more Jerry because I get kind of into things and want to talk about them. Um, and he kind of shuts me down. I feel like Jerry shuts you down a little bit, but it works both ways for y'all. I think you shut each other down sometimes, but it's definitely a one way street for us. I'm abused and, uh, taken advantage of. <laughs> Wait, do but, you, are you more into, are you more into video games? Like, which are you more passionate about? I'm definitely more passionate about board games. Uh, okay. Um, at least if you're talking about modern video games, uh, I have a switch and that's all I have. You know, I play a lot of the modern video games I play are sort of old school style games. Um, So I play, I still play, like we don't just do the podcast. I still play old games, you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Um, You have those devices or do you use like a simulator? I do have all those devices, but at this point they're boxed up because they start to get a little frustrating after a while. (laughs) Uh, Like modern TVs don't like them, you know, just they get finicky. Uh, So I sort of have one system that plays all of them now. It's a... it's uh, it's like a monstrosity. That was Frankie. I think it's Frankie uh, from Superboard. He messaged me. They, they he got sold on some little box. It's like the just you know the little game box, and it supposedly had all the games of yeah. like yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm so excited. I said, uh, call me back in six months. Let me know if that thing's still working because he bought it for like forty bucks, and I was like, yeah, well, I'm not sure about that. That's somebody that just basically bought a. Uh, little emulation box and called it a game system. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how that works it's out. It's supposed to be legit, he said, but I was yeah. like, mm, we'll no, see. there's no game company because these, like Nintendo still holds licenses for pretty much all their games. There's no way they're going to give them to somebody else to put out. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more passionate about board games, but as I complain often, and like you said, children are the problem, but <laughs> <laughs> they are. Ever since we've had our son and he is, truly we're lucky he is the easiest little kid but it's hard for us to play a game together because once he goes to bed it's about time for me to go to bed because i get up early for work um so right now we just fit in games i'm an rn i work in the operating room yeah sometimes i wish i didn't but (laughs) that's what i do right now but i have fairly normal hours uh because operating rooms not they do surgeries you know if there's emergencies but basically i work normal daytime hours i just go in early um but yeah, it's just hard to fit in a game before he goes to bed, so we do what we can. How old is he? Uh, he's two, a little bit over two now. Mm. And literally, I think I started Cardboard Cave within a couple of weeks of the time he was born. So it was great timing on my part. <laughs> Bad decisions. <laughs> yes. That's why it's been the most sporadic board podcast ever. Uh, but I went to the Board Game Snobs uh, Facebook page, and I posed a question to Board Game Snobs listeners, which is kind of backwards. <laughs> 
<laughs> How dare you? But, but nobody would have responded on the cardboard cave page. It would have been maybe one person. Well, we're not. We're, we have like I think. Well, we just crossed three hundred like yesterday. Yeah. And I, I find it interesting how difficult it is to get. I don't know how to encourage people to interact. It's because it's no. the same thing with like, I mean, you can look at your listener count, but you'll get 1% of people from that that actually engage with you. And even on Facebook group, it's like we have 300 people, but literally like maybe 10 people actually interact on a regular basis. Yes. It's got to the point it's ridiculous. Sometimes I just want to to get really inside we're, we're pretty honest me and johnny on our podcast but according to the numbers the metrics we have 10 times the listeners to retro bliss we did even a year and a half ago but the interaction is dried up to almost nothing we have the same few people that literally have been with us from the start they're still interacting yeah nobody's leaving so i don't know like does just nobody interact i mean or are the metrics just totally wrong i don't know but I, i've i've heard all that stuff like there's depending on who you use there they seem to do a lot of fudging with some stuff yeah and even like redid their whole thing they're like okay now these are the actual numbers don't you know so i don't like who knows who knows how they calculate that stuff i really don't well i think kind of like you i say i really don't care but i still check every other day to see if we have any new reviews (laughs) because i do care i I mean what i do I mean, I, I don't care that there's only one Cardboard K review on Apple Podcasts and it was by a guy named Trevor. I really don't care. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Trevor 1, Trevor 2, Trevor yeah. A. Travis. You need to put Travis in. <laughs> this is how pathetic I am. On Retro Bliss, I'm like, wait a minute. My wife listens to it. So why don't you leave us a review? And she's like, I don't know. I just don't leave reviews. So I left us a review under her name and wrote it as her. So that's how pathetic I am. It but counts. It, it counts, counts yeah. though. But on the Board Game Snobs Facebook page, I just said, hey, do you have any basically dirty questions for Gobby? I didn't quite word it that way, but uh, Ron Maxwell said, uh, <laughs> he wants to know what you daydream about while you drive your truck for work. Oh, it's a lot. It just varies. I mean, most of it's anxiety. I'm thinking yeah. about my issues and problems and, yeah. oh, I've got this to worry about. And what about this bill? And am I going to get this edited on the pod? And that, you know what? Editing and podcasting is an anxiety. Like I'm trying to yeah. think, I have so many days to get this edited and, and my days off, I don't want to spend them editing. I want to relax. Yeah watch TV, play a game, but no, I'm usually spending them editing. And if I didn't care so much about editing and I do take out the, all the, uh, as most of the ums and ahs and blank spots as I can, like every little spot, it probably wouldn't be such a headache. I just need to be more uh, relaxed and just don't worry about it. But I don't know. I'm just kind of, <laughs> I hate to use the word anal in any situation, but I, I'm kind <laughs> of anal when it comes to that. So it's just, yeah. But, uh, other than that, I mean, it real. Uh, that's I've <laughs> driving is not good for a person with anxiety issues because it literally yeah. just provides you all the time in the world to think about all the things that will never happen to you, but you, I worry about them anyway. You know, mm-hmm. it goes. But uh, and then I daydream, and I, it's 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 a it's a. That's why I listen to so many podcasts because it to distract me, and I do. I listen to upwards of eight to 12 hours a day of podcasts oh wow so that's I, exactly what i would do if i i don't i used to listen to music some but music is so repetitive on and of course now i can you know use a spotify or whatever but yeah. 
I couldn't tell you what the new hits are. Uh, I don't know what's in the top 100 of, what is that, Billboard, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, I'm a podcast guy. And now uh, I've downloaded a few books to Audible. So I I basically try to distract myself somewhere or another. So this is how bad I've gotten. When I'm going to the bathroom, I pull my phone out and start a podcast. Like just... Yeah. I feel I'm the dead the space. I, I can't stand it. Yeah. Yeah. A shower every time. My, my wife is tough. She's like, you're obsessed. You have to have something on all the time. I'm like, yeah, just, I don't like dead air. Even when yeah. I'm not on the air, I don't like dead air. I didn't used to be that way, but I totally am that way now. And it's, I think anxiety just over years and years. <laughs> so another, like uh, just to make this a really fun podcast, a couple of fun things Gobby and I both share in common is we're both, and I don't want to put this on Gobby, but I'd say a little bit out of shape. Um, how dare you? I, I personally am on three different blood pressure medications and here recently they don't seem to be doing the job. So that's great. Um, so there's anxiety over that, you know, now that I have a son, uh, I particularly want to not die young. <laughs> I could die at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was that's what, you know, that's what's frustrating is I know, okay. A long time ago, this is kind of dark, but a long time ago, my wife worked at uh, the bank where we used to live in another town they had a new employee. He was a nice, he was a younger kid, but he, he had a wife and a kid. I say him a kid, but he was 24. He was 24 yeah. years old. It's a kid he was a now, big now. tall fella. And, and he was not, over, I guess he would be technically overweight, but he was nowhere like my size. He was just, you know, kind of had a belly. He's a little bit round in the face. Anyway, none of that really matters <laughs> because he was going down the road, going down the country road. He came back from a, uh, what do they call that? Where they have like the pancake suppers. Out or Waffle House. Kaya, Kaya something. Kia. Huh. Oh, something with a K. Anyway, some sort of club, you know. Oh, okay. A Kiwana He's club? His... <laughs> huh? A Kiwana club? Kiwana, yes, that. I don't really know what that is, but I've heard of them. <laughs> it had a Kiwana's club pancake <laughs> supper. Okay. He was going home from that. Literally just died driving his truck. Something weird happened to his heart, crashed into a tree, dead. And so that's like, it was awful. It was awful. Cause like Gina's like one day he, she's at work with him. The next day he's gone. But that just, yeah. I'm like, that doesn't help a person with anxiety, especially like uh, me, morbidly obese. I'm like, I'm already fat. My heart's already working overtime, yeah. but it don't matter if I'm even somewhat skinnier cause my heart may just decide to stop or I may just get yeah. an aneurysm. I oft, I, Ryan Maxwell, this is what I fear about driving down the road by myself, eating a cheeseburger and choking, and there's no one around to help me. Yeah. Like, I fear, what if I just start choking and I'm driving a truck? I'm dead. I'm dead. And no one will ever know except this fat sucker was chewing a cheeseburger and died because he couldn't know how to (laughs) swallow right. (laughs) So this is, this is added to my anxiety. It's nice to have somebody in your life that cares, but it really has added to my anxiety. I, I'm, I can become very, uh, almost like a sloth. Like, you know, I just, I kind of settle in. I might put my headphones in and I, I don't make any sound. You know, I'm one of those people that can disappear in a room. And so like sometimes when I go to the bathroom or go downstairs, after a while of not hearing me, my wife will start banging on the door asking if I'm okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why would I be okay? I'm, I'm not she's, literally, she's literally making sure I haven't died. Like cause she's told me, she's told me she worries about that. And that just makes me feel really good. It's I mean, a concern. I'm, yeah, I mean, I good grief. But anyways, I, have a, I have another good friend, like the most healthiest person 
probably in our lives as friends, jogs miles every day, literally ate like organic, you know, as organic as you can. She has cancer now. And it's yeah. like, well, it's just, of course, I know these are not excuses for me to just continue abusing my body. But at the same right. time, I'm kind of like, well, what's the point? What's the yeah. point? I mean, not to get really morbid, but my mom's whole family, besides her, has like smoked their whole lives, been in and out of the hospital, um, just had different things going on. Two of her brothers have had heart attacks, you know, not fairly young. But mom was never in the hospital for anything. And then she got cancer out of nowhere and she was the first to die out of all of her siblings, you know? So (laughs) let's continue the death podcast. Yeah. So so here's some other people who've died who's close to me. (laughs) Who else is close to me? That's uh, terminally (laughs) ill. (laughs) So speaking of ways you can die. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Let's go (laughs) to Michael Vinoy. What does Dan Hughes call Michael Vinoy? I don't need to get Vinoy Vinoy. Yeah, there you go. What movie do you wish your life was like? Dead oh. like Huh? <laughs> I said dead like me. <laughs> uh, uh, I wish I had looked at these beforehand. I didn't. Um, either, but... Movie, let's see. Well, there's got to be something on. Uh... <laughs> I'll keep it clean. Let's see. Uh, that's an that's a interesting question. I mean, I could go for, you know. Uh, 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 <laughs> the sinful pleasures. What movie do I go for in this regard? <laughs> Most of those end in tragedy, so you got to be careful yeah. which one you pick. And he had gonorrhea. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go that, I I like the uh, whole. Of course, I love sci-fi. I love time travel. It's like if you could yeah. time travel back to the future style and go check out, you know you know go see who your grandma was when she was 18 or something you know interesting like that with your family or just go back to any time period in your life bill and ted style bill and ted's excellent adventure there you go yeah i think it's a pretty safe bit just hop in with my friends and go in time anywhere i want and having a good time doing it yes <laughs> nostalgia for those times kind of makes me sad now <laughs> Just uh, when, I don't know, I saw a post the other day. It said, uh, and this really hit me hard. I think it was supposed to be funny, but it just made me completely sad. It said, uh, <laughs> what did it say? It said, it's 1998. You just spent the last 24 hours playing GoldenEye for N64 and eating pizza with your friends. You don't know oh, yeah. now, but this is as good as life ever gets. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. But anyway. What's that movie, what's that movie or I don't know if it's a movie or TV show. It's the whole uh too bad you don't know you're in the good old days when you're in them. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I remember that, but that's a, that's a movie or a phrase somewhere. And there's another one that hit me hard recently. It's a, it's a stupid meme, but like it said, when you were 32, you didn't realize you were actually 28. As soon as you turned 37, you didn't realize you were 50 or something like that. Yeah. Like, that's very true for me too. Like I started falling apart about 35. Um, but speaking of good things, Rolf Ravendahl, I think I said that wrong. Basically said, is there a certain mechanic? that when you know a game has it, you already know you're probably not going to like the game. Like, the, in general, I don't like negotiation. I hate negotiation because yeah. I'm not good at talking. I'm not an artic- articulate with my words. <laughs> uh, I'm not very persuasive. Uh, <clears throat> but one of my favorite games is Lords of Vegas, which has that in it. 
Yeah. But you don't really have to do it. It's just oftentimes I just let uh, Jerry or Bubba or whoever approach me and want that tract of land. I'm like, well, what can you give me for it? So uh, yeah. whereas a straight up negotiation yeah. like Jerry likes that China Chinatown, hate that game. Absolutely. Yeah. Cosmic Encounter, hate Cosmic Encounter. For more than that, I hate Cosmic Encounter because of the stupid my card trumps your card. Aha, uh-huh, no, I got oh, this other yeah. card. Then this other card. And it's just a never-ending card slam. And uh, yeah, I would, I would go with negotiation overall, though. I know these are my questions, but what you just said is, I don't know if this is even a mechanism, but for me, it's the one. It's take that where like, oh, you thought you pulled off a good move, but aha, uh-huh, I got this card that beats that. Yeah. yeah. I hate that. Like, I, can I, I don't, I don't, yeah, take, I, I don't mind take that, but I, I like it to have its limits. But Cosmic yes. Encounter is absolutely insane to me with that. Yeah. Yeah, just take that that's random and you had no way to predict it. Like to me, just pointless. But uh, Bob Bob <laughs> said, what's your most embarrassing Jerry story? I, I, I saw this question, and I re- honestly don't know. Like You've probably already shared it on Board Game Stubs, if there is one, I bet. I, 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 this is my thing, Bob McBob, if that is your real name. I <laughs> doubt it. Why are you hiding behind that handle? That's my question for you, Bob. Um, <laughs> I have a terrible memory. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah, me too. And too. I've never been. I've never been. My, I, all my friends, it seems like every time through each era of my life, my friends at the time, they're that guy. They remember the stories and they're the storytellers. And one time we were doing this and then they recall stuff from five years ago. I can't. I can't remember. Yeah. I honestly said this yesterday. I, was, I can't remember yesterday. I don't know. Yeah. I can vaguely remember some stuff, uh, you know, not with Jerry in regards to Jerry. In, uh, embarrassing story. I don't quite know if he means embarrassing for Jerry, embarrassing for me. I don't know. Uh, Jerry, I think he meant for Jerry, but. <laughs> I, I, uh, I just, I really don't know. But Jerry is embarrassing in the fact that he does, ha- he has no filter <laughs> uh, because of his uh we've discussed this before he's he's on the spectrum and he just sometimes his social cues aren't there so he will just spout off and talk and crack jokes and but he is also not afraid to i am super shy when i'm not with my friends yeah. or on a podcast i'm super shy i'm like i'm if i'm in the room and there's somebody that's cracking up. I, I, go ahead, crack your jokes. You, I, I'm not the spotlight guy. Yeah. Jerry is. Jerry yeah. loves, he will come into a room and just, and he, he will start talking and rah, rah, I mean, he just walk, even in him, in my own home, he'll walk into the living room when my wife is watching TV. <laughs> Why are you watching? Why are I mean, he just starts talking uh, and she's yeah. like, go in there, Jerry, go to Gabby. I don't want to hear you talking right now. He just <laughs> talks to anybody and everybody, no matter where he's at. So we go to a BGG cons and we'll hop in the elevator and there might be uh, one time there was like, I think Bruno Cathala was the guy in the elevator and he just starts talking to Bruno and cracking jokes. And, and sometimes his jokes are awkward, not that funny, but he's just <laughs> saying them. I mean, he's like, you know, on open mic night in the elevator and he's looking for laughs and I'm just shrinking in the corner. Cause I just, that stuff just, yeah. it makes me cringe. My skin crawls. I can't handle that kind of attention yeah. even when it's not on me, but I'm like, I'm with this guy. No, I'm yeah. not with this guy. That's Jerry. I'm over here. But I, I wish I was more like that. I wish I was more outgoing, but I'm not. I never have been. I'm, I'm, I'm very reserved and shy. If, 
if we were to meet at a, a con, it would take several games for me to actually warm up to somebody. Yeah. But initially, I, I just I'm I don't know. It's a I'm I've always been shy. I'm the guy, I'm the kid that hid behind his mama's skirt anytime you know we went anywhere and talked to anybody. I uh, I identify with that very much. I've been t- <laughs> I'm so bad. I think it's actually gotten worse as I get older. Because now I'm not, I'm not even ashamed of the fact that I'm not like a social butterfly. I just, it's who I am. And so at work, I'll do my job, you know, I'm in the room. And then I don't hang out in the break room. I go eat lunch alone. <laughs> we people, said, you might be my twin brother because that's exactly I think how so. I am. I think so. It was to the point that people told me, because this is a tight group of people that work together. Like, oh, Trevor, I didn't know you are working this week. <laughs> and, it's, and it's Friday. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, somebody told me just yesterday that I was like a ninja. They didn't know I came in the room. I'd just rather not be seen or heard. That's just how I am. That's that's the way. I, with my friends, I'm the opposite. I'm, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, have a good time. Gregarious, you might say. But in my <laughs> every job I've ever been at, I'm the quiet guy. And yeah. it's like, for my friends, when I tell my family and friends yeah they say at work oh i've never heard gobby talk so much you're like really so my friends and family yeah. are shocked that i'm a quiet guy yeah and yeah. if the work people were ever to see me with my family and friends they wouldn't recognize me so it's mm-hmm. i don't know it's very it's very weird that's yeah i think we might be twins that's me exactly um but i've lost my place so i'm stalling jesse welch uh asked a very kind question this is a very kind-hearted question uh basically do you wish jerry was better at teaching games <laughs> he thinks this about his friends all the time he says <laughs> uh i as uh, uh jerry has many faults but teaching games is not one of them unfortunately oh, he is he's very good and i can't say anything because i hate reading the books and i hate learning and i hate teaching so uh, jerry usually the only thing about jerry teaching a game that i do hate is he seems to forget who he's dealing with and you can teach me a game. <laughs> I will instantly forget it. I have to play a few rounds to get the, the, the jive of the game. I will not remember every detail you told me and don't get mad at me when I don't, cause you yeah. gave me a lot of information to remember. So I can't remember everything. I have to play at least a round or two before I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I get the game. I'm a, I'm a hands-on kind of guy when it comes to learning a game. So I, always teach the games it's just how it is and it's to the point now that and jerry might be this way that it really throws me off if somebody else is teaching the game um but what i've had to learn and humble myself about is that like you i don't think i really learn well from people explaining a game i have to start playing it and so it's really been a humbling experience because i've been so frustrated trying to teach a game and i feel like nobody's listening nobody's paying attention (laughs) and then i was i'm a really bad learner myself so yeah that's well, I but, mean, I, yeah. I require both because I do need you to tell me how the game works. Yeah, yeah. And then a 50 to 75% of that will stick with me. I, I need that to start the game, obviously. I'm not one of those yeah. people that's like, let's just start the game because I know how yeah, irritating yeah, yeah. that is. No, I have to know how it starts. I have to know how it plays yeah, before I can yeah. start it. So teach me the game, but don't get mad at me when I ask a, a follow-up question. Even though you may have already told me, you can just say... Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I I know you probably don't remember that because I gave you a lot of information. Don't deride me for not remembering <laughs> that minute detail you mentioned among the thousands of others. Sorry, I don't remember. No, I think, yeah, uh, 
if you're a good person, um, you should never get mad at somebody for just asking a question. <laughs> but I have gotten mad, and this has happened more than I care to admit, when it's near the end of a game and I do something and somebody's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, I told you this rule, and they swear I didn't tell them. That gets to me. Like, you yeah. know, I'm not cheating. I told you this rule. But, yeah, no, please ask questions. That's my theory. Um, but I think that was all the questions. Did you have a question for uh, the listeners or anybody? <laughs> um, um, why do you listen to this podcast? And if you enjoy it, why aren't you leaving reviews on Apple? That's my question. Um, well, nobody heard that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get the BGS bump. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to check them so, stats. Check them stats. I'm interested to see uh, the five or six extra downloads you get. And those will be me. I'm going to download several times just to make myself look good. Don't just, worry. Just use different devices just to be on sure. Every plat yeah. Different devices, every platform. Here come, You're going to get your first download from Pandora. Don't worry. <laughs> nice. We have a Pandora listener. <laughs> so I am no joke, truly the worst self-promoter to the point that we were doing the Retro Bliss podcast for, I think, three years before Johnny finally convinced me, let's do a Patreon. And and I don't think you guys do Patreon still, but I think you probably have a few faithful who would donate. But the reason that we have any faithful listeners on Retro Blist is because I went to another podcast that I was a fan of and basically found a way to shield myself because I don't know how to do it myself. Like, so basically I'm just saying that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use uh, board game snobs to just pimp myself out completely that's okay that's what you gotta yeah. do i we i had on a, a a guy that uh i don't know if you it was uh oh my gosh james kincaid of uh best damn nerd show i had him on our show yes. and he's very smooth and he's very uh he knows what he's doing because jerry's like i think he said best damn nerd show like 10 times in the first 10 minutes of the show he was really yes. chilling his own show i'm like yeah that's how you're supposed to do it he knows what he's doing yeah, I don't. I only shield like I've shielded Retro Blist on this show, and the only people who listen to this show already listen to Retro Blist. That's how stupid I am. Um, I never, I never shield on a show where it matters. Um, so, when I first said I was going to have you on, I wanted to have a topic because, frankly, just talking about one game gets kind of boring. Time <laughs> <laughs> somehow. Yes, and so I said, "Hey, let's talk about expansions." And you said, "Trevor, that's a great idea. I don't play expansions." Not uh, really, yeah. So, um, so what There's we're gonna do you, uh, along that line, uh, the expansions we do play, Jerry has just added them in like Eclipse, yeah. and I think Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, actually, we haven't played the Star Wars Rebellion. We played that after. Anyway, there's like two expansions that are like essential that like upgrade the game and fixed something. Yeah. But Jerry has just added that in, and I couldn't tell you what it was. So. And the expansions yeah, that yeah. we, we bought the Masters of Renaissance for Lorenzo Il Magnifico. And I was just like, it doesn't really, do, it, it added another tower. That's great. But I, we don't like the asymmetrical start off. We don't like asymmetrical powers generally in general. But expansions to me are, A, we don't play, we don't, we should, but we're the people, we don't get to play games so thoroughly where we're like this needs an expansion i, yeah, I need yeah. the variability of an expansion and oftentimes the expansions just add bloat that we don't care for so it's just like i yeah. don't i'm not an expansion guy so i've 
I might still do this as a future episode, but I think I've pretty much come around to that myself. I've looked at games on my shelf that I'm pretty sure I don't play anymore because I got the expansion and added it in, and now it's just bloated. And I'm like, <laughs> it's more work. It's more work to set it up. It's more work to learn it. It's more work to separate out the expansion if you don't want it. So I don't think most people play board games enough to need expansions now. Uh, so, yeah. See, I'm, I'm – or they add like a add a fifth player that you yeah. don't need because the you game's not, already yeah, yeah. too long. Yeah, uh, we did. Uh, I did get the Prelude expansion for Terraforming Mars, which we rarely play. I just solo it, but that just starts you off with, you know, higher up on your tracks, yeah. your manufacturing tracks, which I like. Uh, but you could easily do that yourself. You know, the beginner one. You start. I think you start off with one manufacturer on on, on everyone anyway. You know, like the beginner yeah, level yeah. of that game. Uh, but it's fine. I, I'm literally I'm looking at my shelf. I bought a wingspan expansion, the Oceania. Yeah, don't care for. I mean, it adds the wild card flower. Yeah. It, it didn't. It's just we more stuff. But yeah, it doesn't really change the game. And that's the thing. And if the expansions do change the game, that may not be good if you like the game. I we have yeah. several expansions to Anachrony. Anachrony is already a lot. Yeah. And to add in the expansion, I, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe a little card game or something, you know, is fine. Yeah. But we're not expansion people. The board game snobs. So I, I think I've told you that the only one off the top of my head I can think of as far as big games that I think for me is a mandatory expansion. Mandatory is a stupid word. It's a worthwhile expansion. Is Underwater Cities. But the reason I love that expansion, I've not even played the two parts that actually add gameplay. I just love the game so much. I've simply added in there's more cards, so you see repeats less often, and it upgrades the components. It just makes it more playable. Um, so really, it's still not the fact that it's expansion, but my favorite games, I do want to have the best, smoothest experience possible. So there's a couple expansions like the Prelude for Terraforming Mars that kind of help you have the best experience possible with the game you already like. Um, the Underwater Cities does the same thing. It lets you start off with some stuff so basically it's not such a slow start um it gives you the indented player boards where your stuff's not sliding around but really as far as adding gameplay i've not even added in that part of the expansion so yeah i guess at the end of the day the expansion episode was a terrible idea because i don't think i care that much for the either. <laughs> so we're doing something else which i just found out that the dice tower literally just released a video probably at the same time i thought this is what we should do which the dice tower's done everything um and nothing new under the sun. No, but I love top 10 list. And I'm sure Tom Vassell has something to do with that. But I love top 10 list about anything. Um, if I have any interest at all, I love top 10 list. So what we're going to do is <laughs> kind of vaguely our top 10 two-player board games. I told uh, Gobby he could do whatever he wanted to do. For me, um, this was literally looking at my list of games that I've listed as owned in Board Game Geek. And I just thought, do I think two-player is kind of the best way to play that game? Or at least, is it just as good at two as any other count? Some of these are two-player only. Some of these are just, I pretty much play them at two-player. So that's kind of what I did. Is that What did you do? Uh, I... I did lean more towards just two player only because I do prefer 
two-player, three-player max on the majority of games we play. Because yeah. longer than that, the, the downtime's too much. Uh, we usually just play three-player, me, Jerry, and Enrique. We yeah. oftentimes just play two-player. And uh, there are games that scale very well for two-player, like uh, Viticulture, you know, you just have one spot. Yeah. Barony, you don't put out near as many titles. There's games that scale well at two-player. They're great. But I was like, well, I mean, that would basically just be my top ten of all time. Yeah, so right. Yeah. I, I just, I would play, I would play my top ten at two players. I would. Yeah. I mean, unless it has bidding or negotiation, uh, two players is some oftentimes optimal. So the route I went was mainly two player only, and or games where it's team versus team, which I don't like because yeah, just make yeah. it one versus one or mm-hmm. one versus all. Uh, that's two player to me. I totally agree. And I think I only kind of broke that rule in one game. There's one game I probably shouldn't have put on here. I kind of just cheated because I like the game. But if there's a game on here that plays multiple players, it's kind of just known that it's really just better with two. Um, so, yeah. Number 10. I did these 10 to 1 because I think that's how a top 10 list should be done. Would you like to go first with your number 10? My number 10 is a game I don't often get to play. But I enjoy it very much. And I, I actually, I meant to look at the box to see if it is more players than this. I think it is. But Run, Fighter Die Reloaded is a very Walking Dead style game. You're fighting off the of zombies and you're just back and forth. And you can hit them with the baseball bat, shoot them with the gun. and basically, But basically, you can drive them off your side of the board onto your opponent's side of the board. So you're basically pushing them off of your stuff into your opponent's territory and they have to deal with them. And I I like the die rolling. I like the different options it gives you. And there are some abilities in there as well. I forget what they are, but uh, it's, I think it may be more than two player, but you do have to have your boards. Like you push off to your opponent's board. So two player is optimal because you don't need more than that. I think the only um, – somehow the only zombie game I've ever played, and I'm blanking on the name now, it's from quite a few years ago. It was a big one. Not Alone in the Dark. That's <laughs> Shoot, not Dead of Night. What was it called? I, I can see it in my head. It was very thematic. Zombicide? No, it was even before that. Anyways, I guess it doesn't matter. But my list is very, uh, I guess, filtered. Dead of Winter? No, it was before that. Shoot. Okay. Now, I'm, not, I'm not big on the zombie theme. Yeah. I mean, it's been done to death. <laughs> and I just nah. I just don't care. I just zombies are not my thing. Cthulhu is not my thing. I don't care. But yeah. I enjoy this game. And plus it has little minis that are pretty kind of cool. Little plastic cheap ones, but it looks good too. So most there's not any zombie games on my list for one reason. Most of my two player games are played with my wife. Um I've, we don't play as many as I'd like to now, now that our son has been born. Um, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> but still, most of my two-player-only games, because like me and my brother, he has two kids. Ugh. So, like, we don't play games anymore, really, unless it's all of us. Over there in North Carolina. What are y'all doing? I know, just something in the water. But, so, but my number 10 is a game that I've not played with my wife, and I've not played in years, which is why it's at number 10. But I do think it's just a ton of fun. And that's Memoir 44 the game that some people don't want to call war game because it's basically really it's a card playing and dice rolling game. Um, and it has literally been more than eight years since I played this. Cause we've been married for eight years. 
which is just it's sad to think how long it's been since I played some of the games on my shelf. But I remember the first time I played this game, I thought, this is just fun. Like, it's just, it just works so smoothly. And you get to move tanks and artillery and little dudes on a map without actually learning a complicated game. It takes 30 to 40 minutes to play. You can play rules, Team Overlord, where you can play with up to eight people. But it's, it's really a two-player game. Um, and it's just a shockingly beautiful game. Like, I just remember at the time especially, it was Days of Wonder. And it's just like, this is a World War II game, but it's somehow very colorful and just looks good. Um, I actually would like to play it again, and I think my wife would actually enjoy it, even if she doesn't care about the theme, just because it is a fun game. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I, I, and that's the whole thing where it, quote-unquote, plays up to four, or if you do the Overlord. I think Jerry said he did the Overlord thing one time, and it was very fun because you're not supposed to communicate with the people next yeah. to you. And like he had a partner that did absolutely stupid, insane stuff. He, like, <laughs> what? he, he got absolutely irate and angry with his partner, but, uh, but just the base game. Yeah. One versus one. I agree. I have a hard time believing Jerry got upset at anybody, but continue. <laughs> He's so pleasant. Usually <laughs> number nine, number nine, I have played uh, one time, but it's fairly recent. So I have, decent memory of it and that is watergate by capstone uh, i think capstone's on a row everything they seem to produce is pretty nice but uh this is just a tug of war push and pull of the whole watergate scandal with nixon and you're either nixon trying to silence everybody or you're the the press trying to get it out to the people and it was a very interesting game and it was unique to me i haven't played a game like it uh I just like it a lot, Watergate. So I just picked this up. Well, it's probably been a couple months at this point at my local Barnes & Noble. I'm really excited to play it. Um, I always wanted to play uh, uh, Twilight Struggle, but I just felt like it might be a big I ask. That one. Uh, we played like the 13 Days, which was supposed to be like yeah. a very streamlined version, which I didn't really care for. But uh, Twilight Struggle, uh, after playing, it was like 13. And they come up with one even shorter but yeah. those two games, I wasn't fond of them, which kind of gave me the impression I probably really wouldn't like Twilight Struggle. It's just not my style of game. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. I do have it. But um, I think Watergate I'm, does have some similar things where, like, you play a card and your opponent can do something on the card you play. Okay. Remembering correctly. And I it's mean, kind of is it kind of I know Twilight Struggle. One thing that sounds like unlike any game I've played, and I don't know if I would like it is that you kind of just have to know what's in the game to re be able to play it well. Yeah, that's what I've always heard. Like, yeah, you can, they've made very clear the podcasts I listen to, if you go down a particular route, it will screw you in yeah. the end because of the way the game play goes. So if you don't know the game, then you're going to lose. If you that's kind of like, it's kind of like life, really. I mean, you don't. True. But my number nine is sitting here on my desk in front of me because it's too big to fit on my shelves right now. Um, I've spent more on this game than any other game to the point that I feel uh, kind of shameful about it. Um, and it's my number nine because it is such a uh, – not a hurdle. It's such a, a barrier to entry to get back into it, even though I know how to play it. And that's Lord of the Rings, the living card game. Um, you know, Fantasy Flight does a whole line of these living card games – this is the one I got, and it is, 
I mean, of this handful of Lord of the Rings games I played, it is by far the most thematic. It is so thematic. Uh, it's just dripping with theme, even though it's just cards. Um, but it's a big, it's 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 a heavy game, like heavier than you would imagine from being a card game. And it's um, brutally hard. That You know, a Dark Souls video game. I don't know if you've heard of that, that people talk about. It's just, I've heard of it, but I, I have nothing. I don't have no knowledge of it. It's, it's, it's a game that's just punishing until you know what to do. And this is that way. Like, if you build a deck thinking this will be good, you know, I'll put some elves and I'll put Bilbo here and whatever, um, you just get crushed. Like, it's, it's meant for you to fail and fail and fail, and then you start figuring it out. But it is dripping with theme. It's, uh, it technically plays up to four, but it's a two-player game. It's, um, it's, it's, it has this feel of combat and tension and anxiety that it's, it feels to me like a truly, it feels like a big board game with, with miniatures and just battle yet. It's just cards in front of you. Like it's, it's kind of amazing that way. Um, but it's a big buried entry. And if you're an obsessive person, like I tend to be, you can spend way too much money, but Lord of the Rings, the living card game is sort of the ultimate. Well, there's also war of the ring. But I've not played yeah. War of the Ring. For me, it's the ultimate Lord of the Rings game uh, until I play War of the Ring. So I haven't played either, so. Yeah. And if you're not, yeah, I, I have a hard time even telling people to get into it because it's, it's, it's a big barrier to entry, and then you got to decide how much of it you're going to buy because you could spend $10,000 if you wanted to, probably, or close to it, which is insane. Yeah. No. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is... Hana Makoji. It's a simple card game. Yes. I think you get three or four actions on your turn period, and it's just card manipulation, I guess is the word. Uh, you can either choose two cards, you can discard a card, you can trade cards, but literally there's, I can't remember, if there's three or four, I was sitting right here in front of me, I could reach over and grab it, but you have three or four actions on your turn and you just go back and forth between you and your opponent and you're vying for control of, of these cards in the middle. They've changed the theme now to something else. I forget what it is, but uh, this game has geishas in it. They changed the theme to something different now, but just it's a card. You're vying for these cards in the center for control. The first person to either, I think like 11 points or four cards, something like I'm doing a terrible job of explaining the game, <laughs> but it's a, it is strictly two player, but it is very thinky. You're trying to see, think what your opponent's going to do. And the, the order in which you do your actions is very important. It, it's a, it's a great two player fast card game. Hana Makoji. So as soon as you said it, I knew it sounded familiar. And uh, that's because this is another game I bought and haven't played yet because I'm a loser. Yeah, it looks great. It's very and, uh, nice. And uh, the Geisha theme, I guess, throws some people off because it looks like uh, people have rethemed it a bunch of different things, just like as fan themes. Yeah, but, yeah. Anyways, my number eight is kind of my one cheat on the list, and I kind of regret putting it on here. But it's called Trains, so it's the most exciting name ever. And Trains is the game that when it came out, everybody said it's just Dominion with a board. Um, but something about this game clicks with me and I adore it. And I, the reason I put it on the list is I have played it with three and four and it works great. 
but I played this mostly with two players. And it's just the great thing about trains is if, uh, if you play Dominion or any deck builder, um, I'm not big on deck builders is the thing, but I enjoy Dominion for okay, its simplicity. Jerry. What was that? Is that okay, Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like deck builders. Let, deck let me tell you about this I one. It's great. Deck builder. <laughs> yeah. No, I've realized I don't like that many deck. Like I don't like, I don't care for, um, Oh, what's this, the system the Marvel game uses that everybody loves? Legendary. Yeah, Legendary, where they're just like in a line. I like the way yeah. Dominion does it, where all the cards are out there, and you can actually have some strategy because you know what's in the game. Uh, that's the way Trains does it. All the cards are available from the start that are in this game, and you decide what you want to buy. But the reason it's fun is because you're as you're building, you can kind of grow as crazy as you want to, you know, build rail lines, uh, get big points. But these waste cards are getting in your deck the more you build. And so if you're being kind of greedy and trying to push things forward too fast, you'll draw your five cards and it's all crap. It's just junk. And that might sound terrible, but I enjoy that mechanic because getting rid of the waste itself is kind of satisfying because you can use, you can use your turn to destroy all the waste in your hand. So if you actually draw a hand that's all waste cards, it's actually kind of cool because you can just flush them out of your game. Um, but... It is technically like Dominion with a board, but I think the board is why it pushes it beyond Dominion for me. Um, it's just simple route building, trying to connect routes on the board with trains. But my wife really enjoys it. Um, it's, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I enjoy it so much. The artwork is, it's not photographs, but it almost just looks like photographs. Like, it's not that attractive of a game. Um, but it's so smooth. And with two players... But by the time you've discarded your hand and drawn back up to five, it's like your turn. Like, okay. Like, literally, it's it's so quick with two players. Um, Let's see. Oh, there are specific maps for uh, two players as well, so I think that's why I cheated and included it. Because um, it is a little wide open on the standard maps. But Trains, I think, is a game that probably anybody can enjoy. It's, it's one of those games that uh, you can literally – why do I keep saying literally? That literally annoys me. <laughs> you can play it on a weeknight after work and feel like you've played a real game, but it takes about 30 minutes. So you can play two games on a weeknight reasonably. So for I me, that's a big draw. I buying it many, many times when it first came out because I, I have never played Dominion, but yeah. we have played several deck builders and Trains was I remember, uh, several – it was, you know, it was pretty popular and had good reviews. So I was yeah. like, I want to get trains, but I never, ever got it. And then they come out with a couple of different expansions for it. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, I, I, Star Realms, I, I, I had, it's not on my list nowhere, but that's a good two-player deck builder. And it's about, that's about the speed of deck builder. I, like. I mean, it's just super streamlined, straightforward yeah. deck builder. And I, I like yeah. Star Realms and I, I'm sure train, trains is more involved in that, but. It's more involved, but that is why I enjoy it. Because once you start playing, it's there's not a lot of fluff there. It's just you're just playing, playing, playing. Have you played a deck builder that has like the tableau of cards and everybody sees them, so you can choose what you purchase? Because I really do. To me, that's uh, the only Star way Realms? I enjoy. Star Realms is like that, ain't it? Is it like that? I've yeah, played it a couple of times. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I've played Marvel Legendary. And see, the Marvel Legendary, I don't know what it is. I just. It didn't do much for me. Yeah, it didn't do much for me either. Like the, I liked the having the fifteen cards or whatever's in the game. I am looking playing, forward to. 
uh, we did have Don Gilstrap on with his backyard chickens, which will be oh, on yeah. Carter, yeah. August 24th. Uh, I saw several people playing it. You like these, you know, previews, reviews, and yeah. I, I'd like to give it a try. I, yeah. I, I don't, deck builders aren't super engaging, but I like them because they are so simple and they're easy to yeah. teach. They're very family they friendly. They are, yeah. I would recommend you try trains because it does give you that goal to strive for. Like there's a point, there's a point to the deck building. You want to build your trains out on the board, you know, and you have to do the deck building to get what you need. So I don't know. I think that's why I enjoy it so much. It kind of gives you a point to the deck building instead of just playing cards, playing cards. So that's my number eight. It's a great four player game, but I've mostly played it too. So I cheated. That's fine. I'll allow it. Number seven. My number seven is fields of Arl, but oh. anyway, uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's farming. You got chickens, you got cows. Actually, you don't have chickens. You got cows, horses, sheep, uh, you're building things. You're building wagons to ship your furs and pelts off. It's, a, it's just a very pleasant, cozy game to play. Fields mm. of Arl. I wanted to cheat so bad and put this on, but I've only played it solo so far. I we have exact same game. And see, that's why I felt like I could cheat because it is the same game. It is literally but, the same game. The only thing you can't do in the solo is in the two-player. One person can go to the other season first and once. Oh, yeah. So if you don't like any of your options, I can go from the summer. I can take a winter season action while we're in the summer, and then that cuts off the other opponent from doing that action. And then when you're in the winter, you can go to the summer action once. And it that also trades back and forth the first player. But other than that, the solo is identical. I, I played it more solo than two-player, but it, it literally gives you the same feel. Yeah, it's just, it was such a smooth game. And I've waited long enough now, I probably would have to refresh myself. But to have such a ridiculous number of worker placement spots, and what is it, 30 or 40? <laughs> like, I counted up one time. It was like 36 or something different yeah. locations you can go to. But it's so smooth. Yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, I'm sure I'd love it two player. There's no reason I wouldn't, like you said. Um, so my number seven is a much lighter game than that. And it's another game that claims it plays two to four or even five. But it is a two to three player game and it's best at two. It's called, uh, and I don't even know how to pronounce it, Chinka Terra. C I N Q U E T E R R E. Chinka Terra. It's about that actual, I think it's an Italian city. I know Mike Delicios talked about it. He's like the only other person I've heard talk about it. Yeah. It's a super colorful board. It's about uh, um, these fruit trucks that are going around this city um, delivering fruit to different locations. It's just so pretty to look at. It was uh, Chris Handy who did the uh, little P.E.K.K.A. games series. They look like packs of gum. Oh, okay. uh, he, he got kind of popular on those, but this Mint game. Mintworks or whatever? I don't know if he did Mintworks or not. It was a whole, there's like 12 of them. They're called P.E.K.K.A. games. Oh, okay. um, there's like Shh and Bus and I don't know, there's a bunch of them. Those are cool. They're cool for what they are. But this I thought was a great game and I don't think it sold at all which is really a shame. It is a pick-up-and-deliver game, which is a – I don't have many pick-up-and-deliver games except for the Railways of the World series. Um, but this one is like a kind of a family-weight pick-up-and-deliver game. And I can't remember why it's not great with four, but it just – and everybody agrees. It just shines with two. Um, and it's, it's simple, but it's another one of those games that it's enough to satisfy on a weeknight. You feel like you've really played a game. Now – I imagine someone like 
Jerry or even yourself might play it and think there's just not enough to it. I don't know, though. Y'all appreciate a game that's it's streamlined and simple as long as there is something to it. Yeah, you know? I've, yeah. And th- that's what this is. It's just, it is just pick up and deliver, set collection, I guess order fulfillment. But it just works so well. And your decisions matter a lot. There is luck. Um, and it's a beautiful game. And I think it's probably overpriced now, so I'll just stop talking about it because nobody's probably going to be able to get it. But. <laughs> I've, I've, I've vaguely heard... Uh, yeah, I, I know the area you're talking about, but I don't. I don't know that I've heard of the game a whole lot. Yeah, most people haven't. The, it has comes with these little wooden colored trucks, and the colors are like pastels. It's such a cool looking game. Uh, cool or dreadful, I guess, depending who you are. But I think it's cool looking. That was my number seven. So, what's your number six? Uh, I've played this only on tabletop simulator, which I hate. But I still haven't so, tried that. It's so easy and smooth. It worked out okay. Jerry has the physical copy, which we have yet to ever play together. <laughs> Blitzkrieg, World War oh. II in 20 minutes. It is, I, I love this game. Uh, Paolo Mori, I think it's the guy that, yeah. the designer. It's, it's uh, like a bag builder area influence. It's, it, it's a very interesting game. It's very take that at the same time. I mean, it's a war game, so, uh, but it's so unique. You can solo this as well. I haven't ever soloed it. I've only, like I said, we played it on tabletop similar. Like we just had one day where we just basically played this like all day long. And yeah, man, it was good. So good. And, and for tabletop simulator, that's saying a lot for me because <laughs> I've played several games on there. I played that Dwellings of Eldervale or whatever, but everybody yeah. absolutely raves about. I couldn't stand that game, but it probably was having to operate the computer yeah. to drag stuff across this stupid thing on my screen. I but think I would lose my mind. I think I'd snap. <laughs> I think this game had it where like it had things that would actually click in place the way they had it set up. Okay. So it worked out pretty good, but I, I had a really good time playing Blitzkrieg. I, when this game first came out, I looked into it and I just thought it sounded fantastic and it was impossible to get at the time. And now it's probably impossible to get again because I forgot about it. But I yeah. definitely want to play that. Um, my number six, I almost didn't want to put it on the list because I don't really get excited about games that are kind of just abstracts. But it would have been dishonest to not put this on the list because I think it's a modern classic and it's fun every time. And it shines as a two-player game. It's another one you can play with more. But Azul, the original Azul specifically, is just great, great two-player game. And something that hit me one day is why this is kind of the perfect two-player game for everyone having their collection. This is the quickest setup time of any game I know. And I, I didn't think about it at first, but you literally put out the five coasters and grab the bag of tiles. You're ready to go. There's nothing else. You know, give the bag a shake to make sure they're randomized. And Azul is, um, I mean, it's pretty. It's got these, uh, what do they call it, Bakelite? I, I don't know what it is. They're not porcelain tiles. But they're kind of like dominoes. Yeah. And they have pretty shapes and colors on them. Look like but, Starburst. Yeah, like Starburst. They look chewable. That's right. Yeah, they're, they're, they do look like Starburst. <sighs> but the game, um, I know the first time I played it, it was just not what I expected at all. But I've just grown to like it more each time. Um, it has two sequels that I think are probably better with three and four players, but the original is ideal at two. I think it's a game everyone should have in their collection. Um, 
there's no use to try to explain it because it's an abstract game that has no theme really. Um, but it's it's got tension constantly because there's always something you want and there's always a chance it's going to get taken from you. Um, and uh, yeah, I just enjoyed it a lot. So that's Azul. Yeah, I like Azul. It's it's one of those that is multiplayer, but it scales very well. And I just assume play is that's a, with a lot of multiplayer games. It's like I just assume play it too because I want my turn to come faster. So yeah, it's just play. That's true. Players. Yeah, yeah. I found a lot of games that are like two to five players lose a little bit at two players, but if it doesn't, yeah, I would just assume play with two because you're not losing anything, no. especially if you don't care about people. I mean, and everybody's dead to me, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number five. Uh, keeping with the war theme, Undaunted Normandy. I have uh, we haven't played the North Africa, but Normandy is. Oh, I love this game. It, it's just roll and die, taking shots. It also is a deck builder in a kind of way. Uh, you have and it's one versus one. One's the allies. One's the Germans and. It's got different scenarios, different setups with the way you, uh, the little variable tiles you set up that is the land. They're just square cards, I think, but it's got a book of different setups. I haven't played too many different kinds, but we played with the, the first couple, like the beginner and the one after that. Then me and Deej uh, from Disagreeable Nerd, check out Disagreeable Nerd Podcast. Uh, we played five stars on iTunes. We played, <laughs> rate us five stars on iTunes. We played the uh, sniper one, and Deej was the sniper, and he just wiped me out. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. To, it was a little bit harder to roll. I think the way he, you, the number he had to hit was a little more difficult, but it just had so much power. When he hit you, he was out. Uh, it, it, it's a fun game. I love Undaunted Normandy, and I really want to play North Africa because I think they made some slight tweaks to it that maybe even made it better. I, I've heard nothing but good things about North Africa, but uh, Undaunted Normandy is an excellent two-player game. I've heard so much good about this. And is it comparable to Memoir 44 in heaviness, or is it a heavier game than that? Or No, it's lighter than that. Oh, okay. Or equal to. It's, it's, you're just playing a card, and you have like little your discs that – represent your people yeah if you're like your guys carrying rifles you have a maybe a sniper or you've got your scouts and you just move them around on the board and okay it's, yeah, it's very it's very low it's, it's a quick setup time too oh, other cool. than once you figure out the setup you're using but yeah there's uh i would say memoir 44 might be heavier but this one's very very smooth cool. I definitely want to check that out. I love the box cover artwork. I'm not sure if the artwork in the game is as good, but um, let's see. My number five. So I have some lighter ones in here, and this was another example of I, honest about the games I enjoy the most tend to be a little heavier than, for example, the game I'm about to mention, but also how good are they as a two-player game? And I felt like I had to put this one in here, in here and that's Lost Cities. Lost Cities is the classic. Um, and I feel like it's had a renaissance here lately. Uh, like it's still almost as popular as it was back when I got it. However long ago that was. Probably 13, 14 years ago. I think they um, just re republished it. I think you're right. With, yeah, slightly new artwork. 
there's several versions now too, but I'm just talking about Lost Cities, you know, the card game. Yeah. Now there's a dice game and a full-size board game and a rolling right game. <laughs> yeah. I've heard the board game isn't all that. I've heard that too, yeah. It makes it like two-on-two two or – but, yeah. This is one of my wife's favorite games to play. The thing about Lost Cities is like another game that almost made my list, um, uh, Can't Stop. I don't think you can improve on Can't Stop because they've tried. I don't think you can improve on Lost Cities because it's so simple, but every single time you play, it's tense. It's um, It comes in a small square box from Cosmos, or at least it was Cosmos. It probably still is. Um, it has colorful cards and good artwork, but truly there is no theme. I mean, the theme is you're going on expeditions in the jungle, but you could just play with a deck of cards with colors and numbers, but it's just brilliant. And it's a very mathematical game, but my wife says she hates math and she loves this game. So um, it's probably more than any game I can think of, at least for a game that plays in like 20 minutes, the tension of praying literally to whatever deity you might believe in that your opponent doesn't take that card you want. And they do every single time. Um, and also the feeling of guilt, but also kind of laughing when you take the card, you know, they were waiting for. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just a great game. Lost City should absolutely be in everybody's collection unless you never play two-player games. So Lost Cities, buy it should still be cheap because it's been reprinted. Uh I like Lost Cities a lot, but if I was to choose between it and another similar style to me, I would choose the Shot and Totten. I don't know. If yes. Like you know what? I think I forgot about I have Battle Line. I actually would prefer Shot and Totten, but oh, Battle yeah. Line, yeah, Battle same Line, game. Totten, same same I, play, but. I think I wrote that down and forgot about it because that might have made my list. <laughs> that I, I is a good like, game. I like – it kind of has like this poker – thing to it three of a kind yeah it's it's got it's interesting but i like to me the the shot and tottener battle line gives me a little more of that yeah. tension than lost cities i like lost cities a lot but it does seem like at least with me and gina it becomes very clear to the two of us well these are the colors i'm going for and she's going for and there yeah. might be that third one we kind of fight over uh but that's just maybe just our style of play but but i enjoy it a lot but that kind of seems the way it goes and then it's just kind of like a race to who can get rid of their hand the fastest but i really like shot and tot which i had on my list but it didn't quite make my top 10 but. yeah and lost cities is one of those games that if i was making a top 10 list of my favorite games it probably wouldn't make it but i have great memories of playing it specifically at two and it's just it's always I don't know. It's just always worked well. And I keep thinking it's going to get old after a while because it is just the same thing over and over. Yeah. But yeah, for some reason it hasn't. Um, so it's one of those I felt like I needed to put high on the list to be honest. Uh, but it is a little, it's very simple. It's not the kind of game you're going to center a game night around. It's the kind of game you play, yeah. put out on the dining table and play it, you know? So number four. Number four. Talked about recently on uh, Board Game Snobs, Star Wars Destiny. Mm. It's a dead card game. It was once <laughs> living. Dead. Uh, it's a <laughs> card and dice, depending on what cards you got. The cards that you leave in play usually have dice with them. Card playing, dice rolling, you're shooting, you're uh, meleeing, you're looking for shields or 
credits to buy your cards with. For a card game, it is very thematic, like you said about Lord of the Rings, because like Jerry said, what there's, you know, if you're a Jedi, there's some cards you can like pull out of your deck, you know, mm-hmm. and it's the way they theme the cards and have the actions and abilities of the cards is very thematic to what you're doing. You have, you can choose either the light side or the dark side, then you have your neutrals. There's like three or four different colors within those that they have cards that go, you know, work together with their abilities and stuff. But basically you're fighting either two or three people, two main characters or three main characters against each other. There's a point system where you like choose up to 30 points worth of character. Uh, but it's, it's very simple. You pick your deck, you can create your own deck, which is the part that Jerry enjoys very much. I liked the deck that just came to me pre-built. I like being able to manipulate that a little bit, but I'm not real good with like, oh, this is what I need. And, but that is a big thing with these, I guess, these living card games when they're living is <laughs> building your deck and making the cards that work together very well. But as I've played it, I've gotten better at like, okay, I don't need so many of this style of card. I need to add in a little bit more of this style of card. Uh, But man, it's a fun game. And the Mm -hmm. dice are just absolutely incredible. They're big. They're chunky. Ah, I just love Star Wars Destiny. It has a great look to it. Um, I've never messed with any of the living stuff besides Lord of the Rings, just out of respect for my bank account. But... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, it, uh, when this crazy. was alive, and you can still buy stuff. That's what Jerry said. He bought some more stuff here recently, super cheap because nobody's buying it. They can get like stuff for yeah cents on the dollar. But I have, I probably have enough cards for four different, you know, separate people. So I'm good. I had like two or three of the different starter sets that came with it. I'm good to go and just mix and match within those decks to create what I want. And it's just a lot of fun. Cool. So my number four is, um, is another one of those games that if, if, uh, if you're wanting geek cred these days, for whatever reason, you don't mention this game. Um, but being honest again, my wife being my primary two player game partner, we just this game has provided so much joy. Really, the series, but the one I picked because it's only two or three players is Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries. And the thing about Ticket to Ride is, it's one of those games that after I played all the games I played, and if I'd never played it, and somebody's like, "Hey, let's play this," I really can't tell you what I think about it. I'm not sure, but when I got into gaming, um, the original Ticket to Ride, I think was. It, it was one of the new hot games that I bought. I remember that. And um, and so I enjoyed it. And my wife, when we went on our first date, and this is a long way to get around to this, um, I don't know what I was thinking, but I apparently mentioned that I love board games to her. And she admitted to me later that she was kind of nervous about that because she's like, her experience with board games was like these group party games where everybody just acts like idiots. Yeah. Or Monopoly, which she thought, well, like most gamers do now, it was way too long and boring and lucky. Um, but she played Ticket to Ride, was the first quote-unquote serious board game she played with me, and she immediately loved it. And she said it actually, I think, made her more <laughs> comfortable in our relationship because she's like, oh, he's not a crazy person. This is actually really cool. <laughs> um, 
and we've played most of the versions since then. Uh, Nordic Countries is just great because it is a fierce, tight map. It's meant for two or three players. We've played it with two mostly, of course. It's also got a Christmassy feel to it, so we love to play it around Christmas time. I unapologetically just enjoy Ticket to Ride every time I play it. I don't. I know there's a lot of luck. There's a lot of drawing cards, but I know for a fact there's also a lot of skill involved because I have been destroyed myself at people who are actually really good at the game who played a lot more than I have. Um, but yeah, I just enjoy it. And, um, I think Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries, if it's still available, if you mostly play with two players, it's probably the one to get. It's also yeah. got cool purple trains. So, I, I've starting when we started in board gaming, Ticket to Ride, of course, is one of your earlier purchases. And I enjoy it. It's fine, especially starting off. Now I don't care that much for it. But I never have played any of the other Ticket to Rides, which I know some of them add more mechanics. Yeah. And I know in Nordic countries, that is the one I've heard, like, if it's a smaller map, so it's tighter. Yeah. So two players or three players, good with that one. But I'd be willing to try them, especially the, uh, was it Marklin? There's one of them that's supposed yeah. to be. Marklin adds a whole pick up and deliver mechanic. Yeah. I would, I'd like to try those, but I think it's out of print. The Pennsylvania UK expansion is a good deal because it comes with two maps. The Pennsylvania side adds a simple stock market system. And the UK side, it's probably might be the most complex of all the ticket rides. It adds a whole That's whole right. thing I, to it. I remember when those come out, those were real popular. Uh, so if you have, well, you probably don't have ticket ride anymore, but if you do, that's a good deal. That expansion is. But yeah. Um, I, you know, the original Ticket to Ride is kind of big and open for two, but we always enjoyed it anyways. But Nordic Countries is great if you have just somebody to play with. And it's a great partner game. Um, I don't know. There's, some, there's something kind of romantic about just beautiful artwork and old-timey map and trains. Romantic isn't the right word, but charming, quaint. Candles and wine while you're at it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's how babies come. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> that's how you got that first one. <laughs> yeah. How many kids you got? One? Yeah, just one. Did it? Yeah. Was it soon after a game of Ticket to Ride? I think it was. Yeah, Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never play that game again then. <laughs> yes, I got to burn it. It's contraceptive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, that was number four. So number three. Uh, Star Wars backed up by another Star Wars Rebellion. Oh yeah. I have not played this game. Off. I think we've only played it twice. It's big. It's not easy to learn. Jerry bought the, the he bought the expansion. This is supposed to fix the combat, but unless you have some time to sit down and separate all that stuff out and change out the cards and all that, it's a headache. But when we did play it, we did have it down. We're in the midst of it. This gave me probably me if it's not my number one, it's at least in my top three gaming moments of all time. It was a last-minute Death Star run by Princess Leia. Jerry was just about to discover where our base was. We were just it, it was just, it was a, this is the epic feel that most people search for in games. And I blew up the Death Star on, like, one of my <laughs> last rolls of the dice. I literally jumped up out of my chair, ran around the living room, Shouting and screaming. I don't do that for games. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I just don't know. But this was gave me that feeling. And, oh, man, 
I'm sure it can be a dud also. Like if, oh yeah, he found my base in three moves or something. <laughs> but when it hits, it hits good. And man, it was a fun game. Nice. I've gone back and forth about wanting a big box Star Wars game because I really don't have one. And this is one that I've definitely looked at probably the most. But yeah, I've not really played any of the Star Wars in a box games, you know, the ones that really capture Star Wars. Um, this is the only one yeah. we played out of. We have Imperial Assault, never played it. Uh, or Armada, I don't forget. There's I think a lot there's both, them. yeah. <laughs> this is the, besides Destiny, this is the one we've played. And it's very good, nice minis. It's a very nice game, but it is a lot of overhead to learn. Yeah, that's a, that's a detriment. Uh, when you have an offspring from playing Ticket Ride Nordic Countries. <laughs> uh, but my number three is another game that uh, technically plays two to four, but I don't feel like a cheat at all because it is it is a two to three player game as far as I'm concerned, and I've mostly only played it with two. And everybody pretty much agrees with that. It's it's best at two, still good at three. And that's Grand Austria Hotel. I, I just love this game. Um it may not be an obvious choice for a two-player list, but it is perfect at two. And I love to find a game that it's like a you know medium-weight Euro-style game that feels like it was tailor-made for two players. Because me and my wife, I mean, that's still how I mostly play games. We have game nights occasionally, but so to get a game and it sacrifices nothing for two players. Um, in fact, I thought it was built as a two-player game. Um, the reason I don't, I have no interest to ever play it with four. I played it with three, and it was good. I still think it's best at two, but it's just like you were saying earlier. It adds nothing to the experience except a lot of time when you add more players. Yeah. There's no advantage to playing this with four or three even, really. But, but uh, yeah, Grand Austria Hotel, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a heavier game, I mean, compared to obviously some of the ones I've talked about. But it's so smooth. Um, it somehow incorporates the joy of dice rolling and – dust drafting i guess but without really feeling like a game that has much luck there's not a whole lot of luck to it um but you're collecting these foods to feed your customers throughout in your cafe so they'll be happy enough to go up to the room which doesn't really make a lot of sense i guess it's a european thing <laughs> but once they're food and they get sleepy so they need somewhere to sleep yeah 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 so once you fill their bellies they'll go up to their rooms <laughs> their blood and- sugar's overloaded like yes all- they're, they're, they're uh, yeah, they're falling asleep, so they need somewhere to go. So you send them up to the rooms with their partners and their copy of Ticket to Ride. And... Uh, <laughs> Pre-diabetic now because of the coffee and cake. And, uh, yeah, it's just you have to organize your hotel room. So you have, you want to collect, it's hard to explain, but you want certain colors of rooms together. You once the rooms are occupied, you flip the tiles over to show it's occupied, and they, they can score. There's lots of bonuses. There's sort of a score when the room is occupied. Yes, <laughs> especially with that copy of Ticket Ride, as we keep saying. Um, is your name Sven or something like that. What was that? Is your child's name Sven? <laughs> <laughs> no, Alan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it's hard to explain why I enjoy this game so much, but to me, it's it's this weird game that has a theme that's technically dry, but I love the hotel theme. Like, I prefer that over more trading spices or zombies, you know, even. 
the hotel theme is just kind of underdone, and I think the theme works well. Um, I really like it. Do you, yeah. do you, how do you feel about the uh, all those cards that give you like the extra bonuses or in-game points? Do you find those can be a little too swingy or overpowered? They are strong, and that that would be the heaviest. I I would say that is the heaviest luck element because you're sometimes just going to get better cards than the other person. Yeah. Um, I wish they could do something about those cards, either reduce them or take them out of the game completely because I I find that to be the only part of this game I really don't care for. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I think maybe the reason it works for me is because strictly as a two-player game, once you know it well, it doesn't actually feel – I mean, it still feels kind of heavy, but it's not like a hard game to play. So I guess I'm okay with a little swingy, but I, I could see that. And I do feel like maybe I've had one game where I felt like it was just – that was too much the deciding factor. Usually, I thought like you have a chance to draw enough cards. I feel like it kind of evens out, but yeah. – Yeah, there's times I've wondered, yeah, but – I don't I, think yeah. it – I don't think it – it probably doesn't affect it that often that many times. Right. There was, there's been at least a couple games where one of us, I played a four player game with it with some friends of mine. And like the guy to the left of me had like all these, he like had all the in game scoring cards and I had none of them, like maybe one. And he just blew us away at the end with those cards. And I was yeah, like, yeah. but gameplay wise, I was doing all right. Yeah. But at the end, it just didn't matter. So I don't know. We played, um, Raccoon Tycoon, which is a game I really enjoy, and I think y'all enjoyed that too. Have you, maybe you played yeah, it? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I got the expansion, which I'll talk about that some other time. It's, there's some things about that that really frustrate me. Uh, it's, it's one of those Kickstarter expansions, and it wasn't exactly compatible with the retail version of the game, but it didn't say that anywhere. Anyways, they made it right, but that was just frustrating. But, uh, yeah, there was, there was some in-game tiles in there. I won the game we played last night, but there was a couple tiles that I felt a little guilty. Like this seems like a little, the buildings, um, like this seems a little too good. You know, I don't know. Like I have a hard time. How do you know? Like, is it, is it fair? Are there other things that can counteract it? But yeah, sometimes you just get that feeling. So I know what you're talking about. But yeah, my number three is Grand Austria Hotel. I think it's fine for three, but it's perfect at two. And I personally wouldn't play it with more than three. So I think it fits a two player list for me. So number two, my number two is a game that I have only been able to play a couple times because it's pretty, it's, it's basically a war game, but in space. Hmm. And it's a revamped version called Talon 1000. Oh, wow. I don't think I've heard of this. It's basically, this is what you want your Star Trek game to be, but I guess they couldn't get the IP to Star <laughs> Trek. You have all these different types of ships with all different types of weaponry, all different types of maneuverability, and it's just hex movement or grid movement, whatever you want to call it, and you're just going after each other, and you're marking stuff off, and once you shoot your weapons, well, then you can't, you have to rev them back up to fire them again. It reminds me, when I was growing up, I bought this game, I had no idea, I was 10 years old, no idea what I was doing, but it looked cool, and I love Star Trek. I bought Star Trek Starfleet Academy Combat Simulator or something. Huh. 
And it was just these little, it had all of the Star Trek ships in it, but it just came with this book and you had shields and tons of chits and, you know, your phasers and torpedoes. And, you know, this side has shields and that's, this game is basically that. It's a little more streamlined okay. than that game was. This game was a blast to me. I don't know. I think it, I think it is just two player. If it goes more than that, I don't know, but. It's by GMT, Talon 1000. My God, I had a fun time. Me and Jerry just space battling in, with this game. Uh, it's very difficult. It limits you a lot in what you can do. I mean, like you can either just barely move or you can barely shoot, you know, so it's very restrictive in that way that makes it good and very tension filled. I, I wrote that down because I'm pretty sure I've never heard of it or even seen anything about it. So that's great. Um, that's kind of a shame. Cause I don't know if there's that many great Star Trek games. It's a shame. They couldn't get the license. Yeah, I know. It's, but, it's, it, I've heard a lot of good things about that. What's the big one? Yeah. Star Trek something. Is it fleet Academy? No. Well, I've heard some things about, but now this is the one. Uh, oh my God. I, yeah, I, anyway, it's like yeah. massive game and, I would love to have it, but we would never play it because it's too Yeah, I came to the same conclusion about the Firefly game. You know, I'd love to have it because I really, really loved Firefly, but I've heard it's just really long and sprawling. I just don't think we'd ever play it. Yeah. But my number two, you know, hearing your list, I'm kind of wondering if – I'm kind of like my list is a little bit inferior because so many of my games on here are not just two players. But again – my favorite two-player games tend to be kind of the medium-weight Euro-style games that are just optimized for two players. Because so many of them I don't think are. Um, but Underwater Cities is my number two. I've never played it before, and I'd, I would. You don't want to. You don't want to. Yeah. See, everybody says that. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have played it with three several times, and it is just fine with three. But, again – there's nothing gained from playing a two player game and a two player game is a very reasonable length. Um, it's and my favorite way to play the map over. Don't you two players on the one side, the solo. And two uh, players yes. on one side. And then yeah. once you go over that, you flip it over to more spaces. Yeah. But I think I you're right. This, yeah. I, this almost made my list for this very reason. I just, yeah. just play it two player. Uh, this is probably after the Lord of the Rings living card game, which I've just spent a stupid amount of money on because of the amount of stuff. Underwater Cities does have one overpriced expansion, which I got. But I've also, it's my most upgraded game. I just decided I like this game so much that I'd rather spend another 50 bucks upgrading all the pieces than buying another game. And it's one of the few times I don't regret wasting that money because I, I love I love the game. I love all the pieces. Um, Wait, what, what game are you talking about? Underwater Cities. Underwater cities. Oh, okay. I'm like, am I confused? Okay, we were talking about that with the expansions thing. <laughs> oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has the uh, the I, discoveries expansion right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. But this, I don't know. For me, it ticks all the boxes of. It's got the card play. That's sort of this more modern. I don't know. Like Euro games didn't used to have this like exciting fast card play. I don't think that's something that feels more modern. You know, games like Terraforming Mars. It has that where you're building up this sort of engine of cards. But I just love when you finish the game and you've built something um, and you get your own board and you've built tunnels and domed cities and 
Um, it's a game where I just feel accomplished even if I lose. Um, it's it's a heavier game. Like it's it's another one that I feel like is just so smooth. I don't really I kind of forget how heavy it is. I mean, obviously it's not heavy compared to like uh, war games. You know, your average war game, but it's pretty heavy as far as a Euro game goes. But it just works so well, and even the theme works well that I think once you played it a few times, it's such a smooth game. But it is one of those games with so much going on that nobody seems to recommend it at four players. So that's, I guess, a big detriment to some people. But at two, it's just a fantastic game. Underwater Cities. And I do recommend the expansion, even though it costs like 55 bucks, because it, it basically upgrades the components and it has expansion stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my number two. So we're at number one. My number one. Oh, actually, I looked up Talent One Thousand real quick. It says one to six. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, so you can solo it, or you can play with six player. I guess it's just a big fleet battle. I don't know, but uh, to huh. me, again, same thing. Just one on one. But my number one game would be a one versus many, depending if you want to play it that way. But I don't like playing. It's fine, but one on one letters from Whitechapel. Oh. I love hidden movement. Uh, this is another one of those games where I've had, there's not many games I get super excited playing and feel actual tension, but the games I play of this where I just know Jack the Ripper is right there beside me, but I just don't know where. And you ask for, it's like, do I, you can either clue to see if he's been there or if you think he's there, you can arrest. But if you arrest the wrong spot, then you you don't it, it. I don't know if you played. You played it. I haven't. I was going to say the closest I come is Scotland Yard, which I loved. Okay. So I need to play a more modern hidden movement game. So you can ask for clues in which you can ask up to three different spots. Problem is, you won't know if he's there or not. You'll just know if he's been through there. Whereas you can arrest one location. But that's it. You can't arrest more than one location. Uh-huh. So you have to be pretty sure he's in the spot you know he's at. So as it comes down to that whole thing, it's like you've narrowed it down. I'm pretty sure he's here. But if not, it's the end of my turn. And then he'll move. And it's just the tension and letters from Whitechapel. I absolutely love. If you put on the background some of the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes music to even add some ambiance. Oh, man, I love this game. I, I definitely need to play it. I love Scotland Yard. Um, it's I'm sure it's a much simpler game, but the tension, like it's just it's almost unbearable if you're the one hiding, especially. Um, but and I don't know how similar this is, but it's definitely a more modern head movement game. Have you played Hunt for the Ring? It's the Lord of the Rings head movement no, game. But I, yeah, I really I've heard of it a lot. <laughs> I haven't haven't played it yet. I'm just curious if I should open the box. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I hear yeah, it's a whole hidden movement thing. Yeah. Well, my number one is definitely going back to the lighter end of things. Um, but there's a lot of reasons I had to put this as number one. And it is finally a two-player only game, which is one reason it beat out my last couple games because it's legit. And that's Morales. Morales, the mushroom foraging card game. Um, and I'm not big on games that are just cards usually. I like a board in a board game. But Morales is just a game that my wife and I just fell in love with. It, it transports us. Neither one of us, she doesn't even like mushrooms. Neither one of us have ever foraged for mushrooms. But it transports us to walking in the woods and, and cooking up the mushrooms. It's just so clever how it works. 
Um, basically, it's a card game where you have a line of cards. And I know I've seen some games do this. I think after Morales, maybe some did it before. But it's a line of cards. And you can pick either of the two cards that are at your feet, which just means the first two cards in the row, which would be the oldest cards. But you can pay forging sticks, which in the original edition of the game was actual little wooden forging sticks that the designer of the game whittled down himself by hand <laughs> and, and stuck in the game, which makes it more special. And the more forging sticks you pay, you can pick a card further up the line. Um, so there's this push your luck element of waiting for the right card to come out. You know, you've got a strict hand limit to deal with. When you're cooking up the mushrooms, the more valuable mushrooms and the more you have at a time, because you have to use up a pan, which is another resource. And again, the original edition of the game came with these little frying pans that were plastic frying pans. Um, so there's just a lot of decisions and tension in this game. Uh, the artwork for that original edition was just so beautiful. It was picked up... Um, I think by a bigger company and they redid the artwork. Um, I didn't like the artwork as much, but I still recommend the game and the designer Brent Povis, which might be another reason this game just looms high in my mind. He's a great guy. Um, I'm not one who reaches. He's a fun guy. He really is. Um, I don't really reach out to designers or anyone. I mean, as you know, you had to buy yourself on the show Um, (laughs) because I just don't reach out to people. I don't know why. But for some reason, we ended up getting in contact and uh, just had a lot of conversations. Um, when I bought the uh, expansion for the game, he signed the pieces. Just such a, a wonderful guy. Uh, two Lantern Games. He makes games specifically for two players. Um, he also did a game called Agility, which is about uh, the agility courses for dogs, um, which is an odd theme for a game, but it's also a great game. But I think Morales is sort of um, – it's one of those games that deserves to be a classic. I think it's it's not quite as simple as Lost Cities, but I think it deserves to be in that same status. I, I do think it's that good. Um, but it's got more going on, so I enjoy it more than Lost Cities, personally. Um, yeah, I, I could blather about this game for ages. It is a, it's a sentimental game for me and my wife. Uh, we have a lot of good memories with it. Um, but I think it is just that good of a card game. It's two players. It has an expansion, which... I have not played with enough to comment on, but it adds a lot of content. It's a, it's a good one. Morales. Never. I've, I've heard of it, never played it, but I, yeah. I'd love to give it a shot. I mean, I don't know if, you know, you and Jerry, I don't know if it would bring the same charming romantic feelings as for me and no, my wife. There's but some games that, yeah, not me and Jerry, but me and uh, Chardonnay or Gina can yeah. give it a shot. Yeah. It's yeah. I think it's well worthwhile. And, I think it's still in print. Like I said, I feel like they redid the art and it was still really good art, but that original was just quaint, quaint in the best way possible. Yeah. I felt like I just saw this maybe on cool stuff or somewhere, but I think they may have redone it or published it again or something. Cool. It it should stay in print. It's good. Wow. Well, that was a, I feel like your list made sense. Like it's, you know, a normal person's list. Mine was kind of all over the place, but I think people could find quite a variety of two player games with these. Yeah, um, uh, I would say I, I had Jaipur, but it didn't quite make the list. Uh, holy cow. Wow. Argy, it didn't quite make the list. <laughs> King is Dead is one that plays more than two-player, but I believe it's best at two-player, and it's and it's an amazing brain-burning game. But, yeah, uh, I did the whole put meeple ranking thing. I'm like, oh, well, I would choose this over that. So, 
Yeah, that's how I do my top ten. Maybe I should have done that because Jaipur is a uh, is another great one that um my number eight is Jaipur, not Trains, because Trains is really <laughs> Trains is a great two to four player game. It doesn't belong on this list. Uh, Jaipur is my number eight. Yep, it's a great card know. game. Yep, Targi. It's another game I've had not played. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's on Board Game Arena. You, you need to check that out. It's got a bunch of those. Have you been I on do. there? I haven't. Uh, the closest I've come is when you and Jerry invited me to play, uh, was it Yokohama? Oh, yeah. And uh, I was like, I need to do it, and then I didn't do it. <laughs> it's, I love Board Game Arena. I hate Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia, yeah. but Board Game Arena is just point and click, and it keeps track of everything for you. And they got a lot of good games on there now, and it's got – Jaipur, it's got Hanamakoji. No, maybe it does. No. Anyway, it's got a bunch of good stuff on there. So uh, I proposed to my wife immediately after playing a game of Jaipur, so I was really sad that I forgot that one. Oh, yeah. that's devastating. Yeah, it really is. That should be your yeah. number one. It really it would have it been up there. I, I, I guess I dismissed it. Number two. I looked right over it somehow. So that's another disappointing episode of Cardboard Cave. Um, check out board game snobs podcast once you do you probably won't come back here because it's way more entertaining what is what how'd you get cardboard cave it doesn't sound very structurally <laughs> sound a little bit of rain it's just gonna be a pile of cardboard probably because uh the basement here made me think of a cave and just cardboard because board games oh, but okay. i found it was a terrible choice because if you try googling cardboard cave you find kids who've made caves out of cardboard <laughs> um, nothing to do with board games at all you so will yes. not see travis's name on there anywhere no 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 travis just uh yeah a bunch of babies made after ticket ride but um i don't think i have anything else but seriously check out it. board game snobs and um check us out check them out the fans only page is fantastic um <laughs> you like uh hairy feet yes um Enrique, uh, yeah, he's he's really featured on there with his arms. It's really not featured. Yeah, featured. Yeah. Um. Hey, thanks for listening to Cardboard Cave. I'm going to cut this off before I say something I regret. All right. Um, thanks yeah. for having me on. Thank you very much. <laughs>